everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. What a good life it is to be a small business owner waking up today in Raleigh, North Carolina. It is because we had the luxury of playing in the snow and not having to go to work for probably two hours. (laughs) Yeah, my day still started at the normal time, but... You know, there's something about just a little change in the weather, a change in scenery that was nice, and then it was all melted and gone. And I learned I don't have the correct shoes to go walking in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> My regular walking shoes just not working in the snow for the little we had today. And when we talk about snow in Raleigh, folks, it was an inch on the grass, and the roads were fine, but half the city wanted to shut down. So Yeah, it did. Yeah. But we've had some super fun stuff going on in mm-hmm. the world of Wired to Change lately. We have a couple of our mastermind groups. Um, that are taking off right now mm-hmm. and a couple new coaching clients that are getting ready to get started rolling up the shirt sleeves and working on their businesses which is always fun to help people grow and we had a couple of episodes where I wasn't here we missed you and I it missed you as there's well there's nobody chair dancing to the music open. Yeah, yeah well you know no one can be as good of a chair dancer no, as I am. No. <laughs> and we're working on a new program that our guest, who we're about to introduce, got me thinking about this. So I praise and blame her at the same time. Well, let's give her the credit then. Yes. We have a very, 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 very special guest all the way from Ontario, Miss Elizabeth Stefani. Welcome, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. And you are with... Well, Elizabeth Stefani, professional she's, she's organizing. Herself, yeah. Oh my goodness. Could well, I have thank ever you for having me? Yes. Welcome. So is it snowing there or how's your weather? Today is a beautiful sunshiny day. I think it's minus four Celsius. There is snow covering everything. So we had a snowstorm earlier this week too. Ugh. But what you were saying reminds me of a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where he's waiting for the bus. And he says, getting an inch of snow is like winning 10 cents in the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) That would be about right. That reminds me of when I lived in Chicago and would have to sit out there waiting for the train to come and it's snowing and it's blowing and there's one space heater that everybody's vying for. And I was like, I hate this place. Well, I loved Chicago in the spring and summer, but. I do not miss the winters. There's always an asterisk with northern cities. Yes. Like I love it, but it's like I've been to Minneapolis, loved it in the, in the summer, wintertime, eh, not so much, but a beautiful city. Uh, If people could see what we can see here, because Elizabeth is obviously coming to us via Zoom and she's an organizer and over her left shoulder is her board. There's a row of sticky of uh, post-it notes and they're color-coded, they're in order, and it's just wrong, Elizabeth. It's so good, it is wrong. <laughs> what you're seeing there is my um, course organization, and that's what I'm guilty of getting you into. <laughs> yes, and we'll get to that in a minute. As a child, now Trinity's told stories uh, growing up that she is she was labeled as a boss back then, yes. but now she's a badass business owner. Uh, guys, we boys don't get that. We get there in charge. She got, and we've talked about this on podcasts before. When you were growing up, did you just organize the crap out of everything? 
I didn't. I didn't. I was very disorganized as a child. See, and I am more disorganized now as an adult. <laughs> and as a child, I was borderline obnoxious because when people would come over and want to play in my bedroom, I had everything in little bins. And, and if they got out one toy, I'd make them put it away in the same spot before they were allowed to play with another toy. <laughs> Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to clean up after them. Do your kid, either one of your kids, do that, Elizabeth? My son's like that. He's very particular about his things. He likes having his things where he has them. He tells me it's organized. I don't see it, but it's working for him. <laughs> yep. Whatever he's doing in that room. <laughs> now that actually comes into play with the way you coach people for organizing. Their eyes have to see it to work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I'm working with people, um, the first thing we do when we go through an assessment um, is figuring out their learning modalities. So we're figuring out what kinds of things work really well for them, as well as things that aren't going to work well for them at all. So um, we look at the three modalities, the visual, the kinesthetic, um, the auditory, and each of them have a different role to play, not only in organizing your, your stuff, but also in um, organizing your schedules and, and your time management capabilities and your productivity. Um, they're all very intertwined. So I, I do take a, a good look at that. Now, funny story here on the connection, Elizabeth, that you have with Trinity in a semi-direct way. Uh, Elizabeth and I know each other through the Grand Connection. That's how we met, the networking group. And we were talking one day, and she said something that triggered me to think, if she's doing this course, we need to put together a course for coaching, and we'll get into that. And Elizabeth said, oh, here, let me send you an assessment, because you want to know how I learned. <laughs> and I say that because after Trinity just got married about a year and five months ago, yeah, year and a half almost, and after the second date with her now husband, Scott, she made him take the strengths finder test. Oh, that's great. <laughs> After the second date, Elizabeth, did you have any parameters for your now husband when you were dating to understand if he was organized enough? No, not like that. I'm, I'm really impressed with the strength finder test. That's, that's much better than going by star signs though. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't believe in astrology because everything's so broad that you can basically, I mean, I could be a Sagittarius or a Pisces or pretty much anything, you know, cause it's very encompassing of lots of people, yeah. but I do like personality profiles and I love a good assessment. Um, now here's where I come into the two assessments <laughs> of my two favorite women on this Thursday. <laughs> Trinity, before I took the strength finder, I told her what it's going to say. He likes to talk and meet people. And I told you before I took it, it's going to tell me I, I need this. I'm a visual learner. And man, <laughs> I think that uh, the test said that, but I am, but it's, it's good to know. And, and I laugh about the strength finder, but I've gone back to read it and it clues you into some subtle things that you may be hiding <laughs> that you've not acknowledged, but it's important for businesses and business owners though, to understand what they're working with. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if I'm working with a team of people, they're all going to have different learning modalities. They're going to have different organizing strengths. It's not just learning modalities, but also organizing styles. And that can become um, really difficult to manage because 
what happens is you're trying to force a system on a team and it's not working for everybody. So some people are just thriving with it. Some people are struggling with it. And often what happens is um, the focus gets put on the people who are thriving on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these, these people, these five people are doing really well with it. What's your problem? And it, it becomes, um, it becomes a problem for people who are trying to, to forward their careers. It becomes a problem with their daily work and their productivity. Um, so it's really important. Yeah. I, one of the first questions that I would ask when I was recruiting somebody or during the onboarding process was to know what their learning style was. Um, because I developed a lot of the content for training and teaching people and, you know, teaching adult learners is its own challenge in of itself. And I had to really work hard to have a good variation between learning materials. Cause I can, I'm just one of those people that I can read a book, understand it, put it into play, but most people, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike's over here like, Oh God, I'd rather poke my eye out with oh, a pencil. What are you? <laughs> But going back to Trinity's point, in our intake interview with potential clients, that's one of the questions. How do you learn things? Yeah, And it's it's really important because people learn things in different ways. And if you are trying to, you know, spoon feed somebody something Mm -hmm. that they're not taking, then it's, it will frustrate them um, beyond, beyond belief because they feel like, what's wrong? Why am I not getting this? Yeah, absolutely. It frustrates them and it frustrates the people they work with. Mm -hmm. It frustrates the managers um, because we're not all aware of each other's learning modalities either. So we're giving people things in ways that, you know, is not the easiest way. You might work with somebody who's, who's really good with auditory stuff. And if you leave them a voicemail, what you've asked will get done like that. Whereas if you send them a memo, it might just get buried and not read and left to the side. Mm-hmm. So really understanding how people learn and, and how people take in and process that information is, is really important. I don't know uh, the fun you and your husband have of, hey, I'm this way, you're that way. But yeah, three pages of reading. I just hand it to my wife, sweetie here. This is you, but... <laughs> Uh, I've found that I can learn if I have the opportunity to ask a follow-up question because I need to hear, my ears need to hear it the way I need to hear it. So sometimes I'll ask somebody, this, not this, the same question, but this, the same question different ways before they say, oh, okay, I get it now because my ears need to hear it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's with, with all different learning styles. Um um, visual is fun because when you're working with people who are, are working on productive work and trying to get some productivity systems in place, sometimes they need to see a flow chart as opposed to a bullet pointed list. Um, you know, people with um, kinesthetic learning styles, sometimes they need ways that they can get up and do what they're doing and work through it, whether it's just walking around a wall, putting out sticky notes in different areas, as opposed to, you know, just reading an email or, or writing it down. So. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun actually to figure out who does what and what works for everybody else and how you can make that work together. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's different when you're suddenly dealing with people who are learning in a different way than you. Yeah. And sometimes if you don't understand that you're, you're just sort of like being the scientist and figuring out, okay, how can I get this done? How am I going to work with this person? And 
that can be a challenge and it can be fun too. So I noticed on our, our note sheet that Mike was so helpful to provide for me that you refer to different organizing styles. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think that everybody has different organizing, different organizing styles. And I think in a way they're intertwined with their learning modalities. So, for example, um, you could be a visual learner. Um, and you could have a very minimal approach to, to, um, to that. So, for example, you might um, want to keep all your files put to the side in a drawer. You know they're there, but you need them out of sight so you can focus on your work. And other people actually like to put their file folders all on the wall. And that way they can see that everything's there and it, it helps them process differently. So what, what we do when we work with people is try to try to figure out not only their, um, their learning modality, but what other styles come into play so we can set up the systems that work for them. What is your organizing style, Trinity? Um, I do like to see things. Um, and I would say that my organizing style is to file and keep everything as much as possible. <laughs> That's not an organizing <laughs> <laughs> That's a reality TV show. It's called Hoarders, right? <laughs> yes. But, you know, like, and it really depends what I'm organizing. So when it comes to organizing my thoughts or preparing for something, I like a good... Um, outline style when it comes to organizing like my closet I'm very much everything needs to be color coordinated my sleeve length and because that's how I process but for me um you know I I like to be able to I'm a I like to be able to put things on paper to see it to touch it so I have learned I need to f figure, I need it in a place. And I do have that top right-hand drawer with the folders. I have a rolling cart with folders, and I have a drawer with folders, which tells you I'm unorganized. <laughs> I've stumbled upon Google Keep Yeah. about a month ago. And it's in, what, what I need is in one place. Yeah. And I can do it because I've got nine different folders in Google Keep but I'm learning where I have a Trinity folder. I have a today folder and I have a top of the list folder. And it, that's, I'm real, I'm figuring out that's starting to help me a little bit because at least I know it's pinned to the bar, to the menu bar at the top. So I know where it is. It could, before that I had four folders. I mean, excuse me, four notebooks. God, I hate to admit this. I had four notebooks I was writing crap in, and that just wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, one of the um, adjustments that I've made in my adult professional life is that I used to be an Outlook junkie. Mm -hmm. I loved Outlook, and I was the person that had everything organized and in file folders, and I just spent half my day just labeling things and putting it away and then we switched to gmail platform got rid of outlook and just used straight the gmail platform itself and i started and i was using folders and labels and then i found that i never actually went to those folders or labels i just search 
and yeah. it's so much faster. So now all I do is just, if I'm done with an email, I archive it yeah. yeah, and I never put it in a folder and it's saved forever and I don't have to spend time mm. putting it anywhere. And I can't think of a time in the last seven years since I've been using Gmail that I haven't been able to find something within a few yeah. seconds just by using a couple of keywords or dates or. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I'm still in Outlook and um, I do the same thing in Outlook. I use my archive for everything that's finished. Yep. Now what I've done is I've set up um, a few other folders where when I'm processing my inbox, cause we don't want to leave anything hanging out in our inbox. Um, anything that has an action attached to it, it's, if it's actionable, um, I put it into a folder labeled action. If that means that's a folder that I'm going to check on a regular basis. So, so I, that is a folder I go to. If it is something I want to read, but I don't have time to do it right now, I put it in a read folder so I can go back to that folder if I'm, you know, if I'm waiting for a doctor or mm -hmm. whatever, and I can read a newsletter or whatever there is. And that one I also go to once a week and I delete all the stuff I don't want to read and then, um, or archive it or, or whatever I'm doing with it. And then I have uh, one more that's just a waiting folder. So if I'm waiting for something from somebody, I just throw it in there. And then I can check that every once in a while just to make sure I'm getting what I need. So if somebody, if I'm waiting for something in somebody and I'm, I'm checking on Friday, I'm like, I really should have this. It's it's there. So I know I'll be, be catching up with it. Nice. But otherwise, I love the archiving. That's oh, perfect. It's amazing. And that's the first step we do when we, we take people's inboxes to, to get their inboxes out of control is we take all the emails that are more than one month or two months old and we archive them all. Yep. Out of your inbox. You don't have to worry about them. Or see yeah. them anymore. And then they're just gone. Now let's yeah. talk. But they're still there. Let's talk about yeah, really. Let's talk about our small business owner friends, efficiencies. You're good with that. You've seen a lot of things that work. So what can you share on that that might make one of us sitting here even more efficient? I shall go <laughs> nameless. <laughs> well, I I wanted to talk um, about the small business. The biggest thing that I'm working with with people on right now is getting CRMs for them. So um, the customer relationship management software, um, I find I'll go into businesses and, and people will start their business and they are a small business. It's just them. Mm -hmm. And so they, they put their contacts into Outlook or they put them in their phone or they have an Excel spreadsheet or, or they do you know, various things just to, to write everything down. Um, but it becomes a problem as soon as you start forgetting stuff. If you, if you know more than you know, 10, 10 or 20 people, you're going to start forgetting what you have to do for people on a regular basis. So um, a CRM is a really good way to take all your contact information. Um, you're going to take um, all your, your invoicing information. You're going to consolidate everything there. So, so you can see when you are in contact with everybody and then stay on top of what you have to do for them. Um, so you, you don't have to, it can also be a task manager. So if you're working with several people's task lists, you can put it all in there. Um, different, different CRMs have different capabilities, but, um, you know, some have the marketing now there's more and more where you can actually, um, send, send out the automated sequences and, and broadcast. That's really common. Now, when I first started working with CRMs, they were mostly like accounting and, uh, they're really great now. There's so many different ones. So 
I would say that's probably my, my number one thing to increase efficiency is if you don't have it yet, if you're using Excel, um, Excel spreadsheets, if you're using um, you know, Google Drive to just share stuff, consolidate it into one place. If you have a team, and Trinity's one of the top 1% realtors in the market here, and she has a team, yeah. How do you, what are the rules for a team using a CRM? What do you mean the when rules? When you put information, yeah. you and I are on the team, and I put something into the CRM. So there's consistency. Yeah. So I'm very spoiled when it comes to CRMs. Yes, and we are. ran into this problem when we were finding our CRM for Wire to Change because the CRM I use for my real estate practice, uh, we developed and I worked with the programmer full time. And every time I wanted to change, I would just create a PowerPoint little video of like, hey, I want it to look like this and I want it to do this. And I'd email it off to Mank and then he would send it back and I'd test it in the testing database. And I'd be like, nope, that needs to do this. And then he'd tweak it. And so for me, when I have a new client, um, I just go over and I create a new transaction and I share it with my client service manager and they get an email alert that says Trinity shared a new contact with you. And then they can go in and access that client's record and the transaction. But as far as inputting information into that, so now Jamie meets with that person mm -hmm. and she inputs the stuff you need to know, family, first yep. house, last house, whatever it is she that goes in there. She puts notes in there. She puts, she logs the hours that she's worked, what she's done with people. Um, she can see what I've done because I log my phone calls and um any transactional stuff, the names of the attorneys, the names of the lenders, like the lockbox numbers, like everything's in there. So um, when I'm not available, she doesn't need me for yeah. any of that client information. She just goes directly to the CRM and uses it. Then let's talk, go ahead, Elizabeth, and I'm going to follow well, up on that. I was that. just going to say, um, so you were talking about creating things for the CAM or CRM, and, and I just wanted to go back on that. If, if you are a small business owner and you're looking to get a CRM and you're in real estate, there's CRMs that are specialized for people in real estate. So you don't need to create from scratch. They might not all be good. You're going to want to look to see what's going to work best for you and your team. The, before you start looking for a CRM, the more systems you have in place before that with your office and how you do things, the easier it is going to be for you to do that transition. So Mike, back to what you were saying about, you know, what people need to do in the CRM, you're going to take that from what everybody's duties are, what their tasks are when, when you're onboarding a new customer without a CRM. And, and you're going to take that CRM and, and use that to, to take that system, put it in the CRM and, and go through that same process. Do you start all the new client information in a CRM or do different team members? They can create a new contact for okay. me. Okay, all right. Yeah, which happens a lot because I might have met with someone and I haven't had time to put any information in and they take the folder back and go ahead and create it. Okay. But again, I'm very spoiled with that because it's completely set up to make like how we manage our business, which is why when we were looking for our CRM for Wired to Change, I looked at <laughs> so many CRMs and, you know, it drove me crazy because a lot of them, there wasn't enough that we could customize to make it work for our business. And even now, you know, we found things that we've had to create creative workarounds to make it 
so we're not, you know, having duplicate entries. And so yes. it's been interesting. Yeah. Now, Elizabeth, what are some things small businesses, teams, or owners do to get in trouble with a CRM? So um, I would say there's a few mistakes they make. First of all, they start with something free. Um, you know, a CRM is really going to only give you as much as you pay for. And often these free ones, what happens is as soon as you want to start adding more people or doing a little bit more with it, suddenly it's a $500 a month CRM. So even starting with something where they have a plan for, for 50 or a hundred dollars, you could probably do a lot more with that and probably use it, um, use it in a much better way than you could the free ones. And it's worth the investment. It's going to save you a lot of time and a lot of strife. Um, so, so I guess a cheating out on that CRM is probably the first mistake, um, that people, people make. Um, there are certain things worth paying for in life, aren't there? Absolutely. Yeah. Could you imagine doing all that data entry and then having to, ch oh, yuck. I just, ugh, just sounds horrible to have to, I mean, we changed over from Dropbox to Google drive and I about lost yeah. my shit and wanted to, <laughs> I was like, never again. <laughs> How long did you research your CRM? Um, my CRM, I re oh, that's a hard question. I would, I would say I, I took time in about a week researching it, but I had a really good idea of what I wanted. I'm um, going back to mistakes people make. Um, one of the things I needed it to do was to integrate with the current systems I'm using, the current programs mm -hmm. I'm using in different apps. So right away that made it easy for me. I could quickly, um, you know, eliminate any of the ones that didn't have any of those integrations to make it easy for me to use. Um, so that's, that's really important actually for small business, business owners is to make sure that they can link them, um, because they might have a very robust accounting system, for example, and if they can link that accounting system to their CRM, um, that's going to make their lives much easier than trying to duplicate the work, um, for the accounting, for example. So, um, yeah, I would say it took me about a week and I tried out, I did some different testing and I tried some different things and, um, but I, I found one that's right for me. And it's, it's interesting cause it's going to take, um, different people a different amount of time to find one. I think once you put the time and the effort into researching one and choosing one, you need to also then put the effort in to make it work for you because mm -hmm. there's no perfect CRM. They are not, nobody's going to find one that works best for them. You just need to work it to, to work for you. Once you found the one that's going to best suit you. Once you get the CRM set up and everybody's on board, let's talk workflow. Now I know you work with companies on that because it sounds easy to do. Doesn't it here? You do this. I'll do that. But it doesn't quite go that way. Well, there's a lot of really good tools for workflow right now. Um, I think before you put the workflow into CRM, um, have a good workflow system outside of the CRM that you can duplicate into it. So I, I like to just, when, when you're, you're going into CRM or working with, with a company on, on setting up their workflow, I just like to ensure that they know what they're doing with everything and that they have the procedures in place. So for example, if, X piece of information comes in, they need to know who's going to handle it, um, what's, what's going to happen to it after that, 
Um, it's good um, for some people to work out the flow charts. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I get this, I have to ask this question. And then if it goes here, 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 continue on until you've got a place to put it, put those workflows right into your CRM. Because as you set up the pipelines of the CRM or you're, you're setting up the different management things, it's good to be able to know you're A, giving the right people the access to the information and you're giving them the information they need. Um, your, your sales team, for example, is going to need different access than your accounting department or your finance or your HR. So, so making sure you have everybody's workflows done outside is the best way to make sure that it's working inside the CRM. And the solopreneurs we work with and talk to, that's usually the number one thing they want help with is the systems and the yes. processes. And we tell them, once you figure out what the system is, yeah. you're going to find out you're going to be a lot more efficient because you just put the information in once. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and systems is difficult because um, it's something that you have to practice. You can't just say, well, this is going to be my system, especially if you're picking systems that aren't working for your style, your styles of learning, your, your styles of organizing. If you're picking a system that, you know, you're, you're a very, you know, big picture thinker and you're picking this, this system that's really detail oriented, you know, things are going to fall through the cracks because it's just going to be overwhelming for you to follow that system. And on the flip side, if you're very detail-oriented and you have a system that you've um, allowed yourself more, um, you know, generalized categories in, what's going to happen is things are going to fall through the cracks because you're just going to get, you're going to feel overwhelmed in those generalized categories. So you really need to, to work through your workflow system. It kind of goes back to learning is that it's got to, when we talked about this earlier, it's got to fit your eye and yeah. <clears throat> working with somebody to talk to somebody a couple of years ago about CRMs, his best advice was it's got to fit you. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like I said earlier, there's plenty and we found this out. There are plenty of them out there, but you got to find something that fits you and that's half the battle. Yeah. Yeah. I heard there's hundreds of them. I just learned about um, two new CRMs today. I had no idea existed. Like I'm just always hearing of different ones for different people. Um, I used to work with a company that brought on this brand spanking new CRM. And um, we, we just hated it. It didn't work for our group and it was awful. And I saw that they're still out there as well. So it's working for somebody. Right. But for us, it didn't work. <laughs> So, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of CRMs out there and, and they're all doing okay because there's people that it suits, um, their systems, it suits their procedures, it suits their workflow. Yeah. And I mean, I know for, for us, when we were choosing our CRM, I kind of prioritized the things that were most important. So um, for me, being able to modify and edit categorization of our clients, referral partners, everything was really important. Um, and then just the ease of use, like I wanted it to be very intuitive because I knew Mike was going to be using it. I was going to be using it. And if I had to go take a watch a three minute video every time I wanted to do something different, it would have drove me crazy. Yeah. And some of the CRMs that I looked into were just so cumbersome and they were not intuitive. And I was like, this is going to take me years to, to learn and figure out. And I was like, nope, but, you know, might have more functionality, but never going to use it if I can't figure out how to 
get the people in there. And and she and she's kind because code means oh Michael never figured this out. <laughs> well, I know my place. I'm not kidding anybody. So. <laughs> but it's true. We end, yeah, it's true. We ended up with pipe drive, mm -hmm. and it's very functional for me, and it does what we do. Um, so that, that's interesting, though, back to what you said there, Trinity, um, is making sure it's really intuitive for you to use, um, also for your team to use. Um, but I, I think that uh, with the CRM, sometimes, like you just said, Mike, too much functions is just too much for people. You just, a small business owner that, that has certain processes and certain things to do does not need all the functions of, you know, a, a CRM that can, can produce all, all different types of marketing things. They, they might just need it for um, keeping people's contact information, having an area where they can gather everybody's information. And, um, and that's, that's good. That's what they need it for. They don't need it to do all things. Pipe drive that you mentioned a little bit earlier, that was, that was a good one. I use that for a while. That one doesn't work with my natural styles. So it, it really depends what you're using. What is the name of the course you're teaching right now? Organized for success. What have you learned about some of your clients that you would joke and like, Ooh, either I didn't see that coming or, eh, this is one of the most prominent themes I see. Um, well, what's interesting, I think, is how um, people um, aren't as familiar with their email apps or their email provider as, as um, I would assume they are. So um, I think one, one of my favorite things about productivity and time management is if you can take control of how you gather your information, it makes everything so much easier. That flows on. So the less gathering points of information we have, um, and then if we've got a system in place to how to manage that information flow. And what, what I found really interesting is people aren't familiar with how to change settings in their email. So Trinity, you were speaking earlier about um, all the folders and all the files you used to have and then changing that. Some people don't know how to do that. Right. So, well, so it's, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I've blown people's minds with Gmail because I'm like, yeah, they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, oh, I went into the labs and I found this new thing and I downloaded it and they're like, What's a lab? Wait, what? What's a yeah? And I'm like, oh, it's an add-on program that you add on to Gmail, and it makes you know, do you listen to this? And they're like, oh god. But I, I mean, I use Labs for most of my efficiencies within Gmail, and you know, there's other programs that I love. Um, like, what are Labs? It's like. So I, I read an entire. This is the dork in me. So when I switched from outlook to gmail i found a guide that was like how to set up gmail like outlook for dummies basically oh, yeah. and labs are add-on like apps that you can use to modify your gmail account to do certain things like um, and then there's parts within just the settings like i added on the button so i can archive an email directly from like when I hit re reply. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that I'm not going to wait for a response back, I hit reply with archive and then it automatically takes it out of my email Dang. box. 
Oh, God, the yeah. things I'm so behind on. A, yeah. I learned, but B, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm yeah. awful at so, this. But, you know, and, and I'm sure that there's people out there that are like Dumb. 10 light years ahead of yeah. where I am. But, you know, it's all about asking the right questions. And, I mean, Google is my friend. I literally Googled how to make my Gmail function like Outlook. Yeah. And there was like a 30-page document. Oh, yeah. And I was like, do, 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 do. And, and I don't use a lot of it now because I learned you know, to embrace Gmail, but it, I was very, very upset for about a month about losing my Outlook account. <laughs> Elizabeth, you yeah. said something that uh, I've not heard before. Let's, let's unpack gathering points. Gathering points. So, um, yeah, so one of, if I could give anybody a productivity tip, it's to do a weekly review. And that's reviewing, looking back on the previous week, looking what you've got coming up in the weeks forward, you know, making sure you haven't missed anything, catching up, see what you still have to do, what you're going to be moving in your schedule. And one of the key things for that is going through all your gathering points. So Mike, you said you had four notebooks yes. that you gather information to. So, so notebooks is one place where we might gather um, information. Our email inbox is one place where we gather information. Uh, we might have an in-tray on our desk, for example, where we gather information. You might have your voicemail where you're gathering information. You might get messages on your web tap or on your phone where you're gathering information. Mm -hmm. There's all different gathering People messaging on Facebook and Instagram and right. LinkedIn. <laughs> and oh, yeah. One of my gathering points is my wallet. When I'm out and I have receipts, I have a special yep. slot in my wallet where I throw them all in. So yes. there's, there's tons of gathering points. So um, I mentioned this because when you're doing your weekly, weekly review, um, you're going to want to take everything from all those gathering points and go through it. But if you have less gathering points, then you have less places where you're searching for information all the time. So um, Mike, when you said you had four notebooks, um, could I ask what the purpose of the four notebooks are? No, there was no purpose. I'm just unorganized. I gra I started writing in one and then I looked for another and all of a sudden I had four and for, for no good reason, Elizabeth, absolutely no good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So if you limit that to one notebook, make sure you date every page. I so do that. Yes. Back, yeah. That's good. When you're looking a week back, you know where to look to and you can make sure you haven't missed anything. Um, then that takes it from the end of the week, trying to sort through four notebooks to just one. Mm -hmm. You might have a digital space where you take digital notes. Um, you know, some people have them kind of all over the place. If you can get something like Evernote or if you're using OneNote or something, have, have one spot where you gather all your notes. And then when you're going through that at the end of the week, everything is right there. And in that same notebook, Mike, if you move down to one notebook, you can also put notes about all the voicemails you received. So that takes the phone as a, a, a point of gathering away from you right there. My problem is if it's out of my sight, I forget about it. No matter how good I am at writing stuff down, if it's not in front of me, I'm, I totally forget about it. Which is yeah, why I like why that's why I like Google Keep because I know it's on my computer. I know it's right there. Yeah. So gathering points is different than your reference material. So if you go somewhere and, you know, you get a memo or somebody sends you something to look at, that's not necessarily something you, that is actionable right now. You're going to have that in a reference point where you can see it or use it when you need it. 
Okay, then here's an example. Trinity and I are, are in the same B&I group, and yeah. we sometimes will text each other during the meeting instead of the chat box because I'm running the PowerPoint, so I, I'll mess it up if I get in the chat box. So we'll text, and we did that twice today. And then after the meeting was over, she sent me an email with some notes for us to talk about at our next meeting. Yeah. What do I do with that? <laughs> Where do I put that? <laughs> That's one of the things like, oh, crap, I got to do some homework on that, which I do. So, might I suggest? You Please. <laughs> if there's something you need to do before your next meeting, set up that action file in your email. Take Trinity's email, put it in the action. Mm -hmm. You can attach it to a task or whatever per due date. Yep, you can put it right on your calendar. You know, all the stuff that you have to complete and have to finish is in that one spot. And it says action in capital letters. Yeah. <laughs> I I have I actually all my references to Trinity anywhere are TF, her initials Trinity yeah. French, which also stands for totally you know what if I forget about it, <laughs> it serves a dual purpose. But I I need I do have Trinity folders because I have, I, I think I have one on my computer. I have a wired to change folder, which is yeah. accumulating information. Then I have a Trinity folder, which is next time I talk to her, I need to open this up because here's some questions I need to ask her. Yeah. So that's good. That's perfect. And if you can attach your emails to that folder, is that folder on your computer or in your email? It's on my computer. Yeah. So, so do the same thing in your email, make a TF folder on your email and then throw all, all of the stuff from Trinity that you're going to have to action items. You're going to have to get done, put that in there. And then when you open your email, you'll know that that folder takes precedence. So when you're processing your email a few times a day, yeah, make sure you process in order of, it stands for Trinity first. Nice. Well done, Elizabeth. Dang. That may, see, we always wait for the guest to title the podcast. And that may be oh, Trinity yeah, First. It stands for Trinity First. I love it. I'm going to tell my husband that when I get home. Dude. <laughs> and Scott listens to these, so don't say anything till he no. hears it here first. Scott, you're done. Everything will be Trinity First if it wasn't already. So, oh gosh, yeah. The org, the the points of just all. My I don't think my problem is gathering points. My problem is what do I do with it once I've got it to keep yeah. it in some semblance of order? Yeah, so you're going to have two types of files, right? You're going to have files that are reference files and you're going to have action files. So anything that's actionable obviously goes into the action files. And then if you're putting them in there, um, unless it's something with no deadline, you just kind of have to do, um, you would attach that to a task or put it in your calendar. Yeah, I'm pretty good at putting things on my Google Calendar, yes. I would yeah. give myself a, a solid B on that. Yeah. So, and I mean, there's Google Tasks. I know, Mike, you like to write out your task list. I think I do. I've no, I'm learning more and more the longer this show goes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, rarely do I have homework to do after a podcast. I don't know where it went wrong today. <laughs> And Trinity's sitting over here laughing because she is a systems queen. She knows. She does. She's got it all under control. Yeah, but I am way better at creating systems for other people mm. than 
up keeping up some of my own systems. True. And, and I think that that's, you know, I've always been like that, but there are certain things that I get too rigid in, but I've worked on that. There you go. Yeah. I suggest going back to that weekly review or a daily review and make a checklist. Oh God. Another thing to write down. Pardon? <laughs> Another thing to write down. Oh, no, man. you make it once, you type it in your computer, yeah. and you put it in your calendar to do it at the same time. Yeah. So your cal- So when it goes off, it pulls up your checklist, and then, okay, I've got to do this, 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 yeah. and review it all. <laughs> you it's unpacked. the only way to stay on track with any of your systems. You're like a good client that we love to coach with is you solved a great number of problems for me and you've created more that means I need to talk to you more often. <laughs> That's what I tell our like, clients. Ah. I'm like, we're just helping you get to bigger, better yes, problems. Yes, which is true. So. <laughs> Anyways, for the folks like me listening who need help from you, it's elizabethstefani.ca. .ca or .com. They okay. both go to the same site. All right. Um, they need to call you. They need to hire you because I think there's a lot more me out there than Trinity's. Am I close to being correct on that? Well, I see a lot more use than I do Trinity's. <laughs> say organization is a skill that most people are never taught. So my yeah. people go through and they just, they're, they're taught different things at different places of employment. They're given different systems to do and nobody figures out how to do it properly for themselves. And it's just because they've never been taught. And so there are a lot of people like you because it's not something that, that people ever take lessons in. I'm a block of clay, never been molded. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Which tells you I'm a mess, not a hot mess, but I'm an organizational mess. So anyway. I think you are much more organized than you give yourself credit for. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You might not use as many of the technological no. helping tools, but you are very organized okay. with certain things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, being organized doesn't mean you're using certain tools. I mean, you could be a person who has, um, you know, different piles on your desk four different piles and each one, and you know where to find exactly that piece of paper and every yeah. one. It doesn't mean you're unorganized, even though people walk in and they see stacks around mm-hmm. the room. Yeah. You're just differently organizing your space. Well, folders I got. That's what I should title this episode, (laughs) Folders I Got. So we thank you very much for sharing these tips because it's it's needed, especially if you're a a small team, a solopreneur, you have, you know, one or two employees. Man, efficiency is the key. Yeah. Yeah, and especially as your business grows, having those systems and being able to revise those systems is key. All right, so if somebody goes to elizabethstefani.ca or .com, They'll learn mm-hmm. more about your course. They're going to enroll in your course. They're going to get better, and they're going to thank us yes. <laughs> for getting to you to make because you made them great. <laughs> I love it. I do. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I I could go on forever, but we can't because I'm getting hungry now, so I got to go home and eat dinner. <laughs> Usually, it's me that's I getting know. hungry during our podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That salad for breakfast is just not lasting for me. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you both for having me. We enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. Um, you know, we love our northern neighbors from Canada. 
My yeah. favorite my favorite drinking country. Yes, because she could go across the border. We've had this discussion to drink because the drinking age was a lot lower than it was in the it's States. Lower. And I'm in Ontario, and I can drive over to Quebec where the drinking age is even lower. Ooh. I didn't know they had two different drinking ages. Yeah. Don't tell your kids that yet. They don't know. Good. And we What's won't the tell drinking them age in Quebec? 18. Okay. Oh. And what is it in Ontario? 19. Okay. Still good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because it was 19 yeah. in Ontario when I would go back and forth. When you were 18, it was But 19. I had a fake ID yes, when I was did. 17 that said I was 19, yeah. so I could go drinking in Canada. Like, that's never happened before. <laughs> I love this podcast. It was, it was so easy to go back and forth across the border when I oh, yeah. was younger. Um, we went all the time. They've, they've tightened things up a little bit now. And when you say all the time, you literally went all the time. Yeah, like multiple times a week. When yeah. I when I was in on the east side of the state, when I was in college, yeah. it was, you know, that was like a four-hour drive. But where I grew up, it was only, it was, you know, an hour and 20 minutes. Or I could go over to Sarnia, which is like a 40-minute drive. But the, the bars in Sarnia were... Not the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the armpit. <laughs> I have no comment on Sarnia. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, go to elizabethstefani.ca. Her last name is spelled S-T-E-F-A-N-I. Uh, go get yourself educated and organized because I am uh, have a feeling Elizabeth's going to hear from me here shortly. So, But we appreciate it very much today, Elizabeth, for you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. And of course, we would love for you to share this podcast with anyone that you think needs organizational skills, or maybe they're just struggling in business and they don't know that they're disorganized. <laughs> Go ahead, share us, like us, leave us a comment or a review. And of course, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us info at wiredtochange.com. And guess what? We will respond. We will because we're organized at answering emails. We'll yeah, do that, that for email you. goes directly to my personal email. There you go. So can't miss one. Yep. Uh, my name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.